In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The image of a vine is deeply embedded in ancient Judaism. When Jesus says he is a vine, he is reaching down into the fertile soil of Israel's religious imagination. This comparison, no doubt, causes his disciples' ears to perk up and recall the scriptures that spoke of Israel as God's beloved vine, his vineyard. They call to mind Psalm 80, where the psalmist writes that, You, God, have brought a vine out of Egypt. You cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared the ground for it. It took root and filled the land. You stretched out its tendrils to the sea and its branches to the river. The psalmist speaks of God's loving concern for the flourishing of his vine. Jesus' words also recall Isaiah chapter 5, where God describes Israel as a fertile vineyard planted with choice vines, and the prophet Hosea, who says that Israel is a luxuriant vine. When the scriptures refer to Israel in this way, it's almost always coupled with a story of their disobedience and their drifting away from God's good plan. God tells the prophet Jeremiah that Israel was planted as a choice vine, holy of pure seed, and God laments how his beloved Israel has become a corrupt and wild vine. He asks the prophet Isaiah, why his vineyard has come to yield wild and unruly grapes. When Jesus tells his disciples he is the true vine, he is claiming to be the true Israel on whom God's purposes now rest. He is the obedient son of God who bears fruit abundantly and who blossoms on the hard wood of the cross. As the true vine He is wholly responsive to his Father's will and fulfills the ancient expectation found in this wonderful image. What makes the image of Christ as a vine so striking is the way it reveals the Son's intimate relationship to the Father and to us, the branches. In verse 1, Jesus says, He is the vine and the father is the husbandman. The father is the gardener who attentively tends the vine and carefully prunes each individual branch. The father and the son are deeply involved in the growth and flourishing of each branch. The ancient theologian Cyril of Alexandria says, the Holy Spirit, although not mentioned by person, by name in our passage, is the life-giving sap flowing from the vine into the fruit-bearing branches. What I find absolutely humbling and completely astonishing is the way God's whole substance, his whole being, is involved in the care of each one of us individually. 
his concern for our flourishing calls forth all three persons of the divine being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us never forget the closeness of our God. The Father is not distant, far removed from his creation. Rather, he lovingly attends to each one of us with the diligence of a master gardener. The theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar writes that Jesus' parable of the vine conveys a marvelous sense of assurance that we are somehow rooted firmly and enduringly, that our birth does not leave us orphaned, isolated, dependent solely on our fragile selves. We stem from an empowering and fructifying source. As followers of Christ, we live with the unshakable assurance that we grow from an eternal vine and that we are the recipients of the Father's loving attention who is ever concerned with the union between his Son and the branches. Although offering us a strong assurance our passage also gives Christ's followers a sober warning and a requirement. Becoming a fruitful branch on the vine of Christ is demanding, and it requires that we open up our lives to the pruning shears of the Father. Even fruitful branches, we read, need to submit to the Father's pruning. Much like the branches of an actual grapevine, we must be pruned in order to grow properly. A vine dresser knows that if branches are left untended, they will not yield quality grapes. A branch needs to focus its energy towards producing good grapes. If there are too many leafy offshoots siphoning away the energy and nutrients needed for the grapes, there will be no harvest. Similarly, our lives can develop their own leafy offshoots that divert our energy away from Christ and prevent us from bearing the fruit of the Spirit. If they are not confronted with the pruning shears, they can sever our lives from the true life, which ultimately leads to death. These diversions can take many forms. It can be a preoccupation with social status, or a complete absorption in career or personal health. It can be any goal, ambition, or obsession that diverts our focus away from Christ. We must continually ask this question, what in my life pulls me away from Christ? My mind turns to the young rich man who runs up to Jesus and asks him, what he must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus tells the young man to sell everything he owns and follow him. Jesus immediately pinpoints what afflicts him and tells him to cut it out of his life. Sadly, the young man's possessions were more important to him than following Christ. He has mistaken the source of true life and believes his possessions will nourish him. 
There are many ways that we can grow away from the sun and yield bitter grapes. Amazingly, God the Father promises to enter into the intimate recesses of our inner life and trim away any toxic growth, but we must first submit to his knife. There are two types of branches Jesus mentions. Some branches, although growing from his vine, fail to bear fruit. He's not here referring to unbelievers who reject the gospel and his sonship. He's referring to his own followers, those who are connected to the eternal vine. Here, Jesus is speaking about those who follow him but fail to live according to his word. He warns his followers that professing him as Messiah and King is not enough. They must live the Christian life. They must take up their cross and follow him. Words without deeds are nothing. Or as St. James puts it, or as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Our faith must bear fruit and give glory to the Father. We must practice what we profess. Cyril says that if our union with Christ is built on a mere confession of faith, without sealing the bond of our union by good works that proceed from love, we will be branches indeed, but dead and without fruit. Jesus' command is unqualified. We must bear fruit and bear it abundantly. Our lives must bring glory to the Father. In the words of John the Baptist, we must bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Jesus is clear that we, the branches, can produce nothing without him. For without me, he says, you can do nothing. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself. As branches of the eternal vine, we must submit to the loving shears of the Father and allow the fruits of the Spirit to grow unhindered. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? St. Paul writes that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.